what a joy it is to be in God's presence with God's people uh, on a Monday morning. This morning, I just want to uh, share a few thoughts from the first eight verses of Psalm 103. From the first six verses of Psalm 103, you can kindly uh, keep that open. Uh, not very original thoughts, but the just mostly a reading of this psalm, which in itself is so invigorating. Several times in my life, I have uh, turned to this psalm for uh, comfort. The psalm begins, we all very uh, much know Psalm 103, psalm attributed to the shepherd and the king David. We know that very well. It begins with that beautiful and yet mysterious uh, claim, uh, mysterious statement saying, Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, forget not all his benefits. I'm wondering here in this psalm, he's talking to his own soul. And uh, he's trying to connect with his own soul the way we try to connect on a video call. Uh, can you hear me? Am I audible? Am I visible? Are you all there? You know, uh, in that way, like how we try and connect and we start our calls, the psalmist is trying to check whether his soul is there. His soul is listening. Is the signal okay? Can you hear me clearly? And finally, when he gets the signal, he's telling his soul, he's telling his own soul, Bless the Lord, O my soul. The psalmist who's been riddled with so many difficulties at a young age, right from his young age, I believe he was suffering from neglect by his own parents. And then responsibilities, saddled with responsibilities, probably not getting on so well with the rest of his family. And yet, and then at a young age, promised great things and then hunted in his own words, like a dog. He's saying, soul, soul, can you hear me? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. And in the next five verses, verses two to six, they're listed out seven benefits. And all I'm going to do is to point out those benefits to you. And uh, we can just understand those benefits. In the next Four verses actually, verses 3 to 6. In verses 1 and 2, all he's saying is, Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, all my soul, all that is within me. He's talking to his whole body, body, spirit, soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, forget not all his benefits. Seven benefits and we'll go through it as quick as we can. Number one. Who forgives all your sins. When you are with the Lord. When your body, spirit, soul. I mean when together. You are saying bless the Lord oh my soul. And when you are with God. You are with him. You are walking with him. When you are obedient with him. God forgives all your sins. What a beautiful thing it is. No one else can claim that. No one else died for you, not even your own father, not even your own mother, not even your own pastor, not even your favorite evangelist or preacher. 
no one died for you. But here we are saying, uh, the Lord forgives all your sins. He died for you and uh, he loves you and he has the capacity because of his death, because a sinless person died, the sacrifice was acceptable and your sins are forgiven. What a beautiful thing it is. More around a century ago, you know, when Freud wrote his, uh, Sigmund Freud wrote his epoch-making books, you know, Bertrand Russell caught it up. And in 1927, he wrote that book, right? Why I am not a Christian. He said in that book that there are some major blows that have been dealt to Christianity and Christianity can never recover from those blows. Blow number one was when Copernicus uh, postulated that the earth is not the geometric center of the universe. Everything is not revolving around the earth. And he said that was a big blow to Christianity because they claimed otherwise. And later when Darwin claimed that man has not been created by God, has been evolved from other animals. But blow number three was when Sigmund Freud claimed in his books, The Interpretation of Dreams and the Psychopathology of Everyday Life. In that book, Sigmund Freud claimed that we don't need any God for forgiveness, that with psychotherapy, we can, you know, improve ourselves from any situation just with psychotherapy. But that's not true. That has been seen to be not true. You can, you can, uh, you can engage the most expensive and the most talented, pay thousands of dollars per hour also, and uh, you cannot get rid of the sin that is there in you, which is causing damage and destruction in your own life. We cannot save ourselves from ourselves. No, we need our God to save us. And he can forgive all our sins. People make uh, uh, elaborate pilgrimages. This year, it may have been much lesser. And yet, they walk thousands of miles, or hundreds of miles at least, through the forest, the final stretch, just to see around uh, this Pongal time, they say, they, to see the Jyoti, which has been disproved also. But nothing else can give you that salvation. Only God can forgive your sins. Hallelujah. Our sins are forgiven. Something beautiful to remember this morning. All we need to do is in the jungle of our own will, we should make a clearing and kneel down and say, not my will, God, but yours. Please forgive me. I've done wrong. Number two, who heals all your diseases. The Lord has promised that he will give you healing. And now. And uh, it is true, there are so many people being healed and the ultimate healing, I believe, does not come from miracle, but comes from the one who actually created our bodies, who knows our bodies. And in his will, there is healing. Now, some of you might, uh, might uh, contradict me and say, but no, no, all diseases are not healed. The psalmist was wrong. All diseases are not healed. But I can tell you with conviction from the life of my own father who passed away a few years ago. He died of some severe diseases and towards the end it was multi-organ failure. But I saw from his own words and the conviction that he had that the disease had no impact for, from him. And even though the body was deteriorating because the body should, that is how we are made. 
you know, forever we will be with him. Our soul will be with him. And so the disease of sin could not pull down the soul into the depths of darkness. But then he was healed from the effect of all that. And even though the disease was deteriorating the body, the impact of the disease was zero. There was a smile on his lips. It has happened with so many people. In my own church during this time, we had more than 10 deaths during the last uh, 10 months. And uh, I have seen those people who are close to the Lord, for whom, bless the Lord, O my soul, is a daily activity. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. For them, the disease has had no impact. When you're within the will of God, I believe in one way or the other, either physically or spiritually, you are healed from all diseases. That's number two. Number three is who redeems your life from the pit. And what is a pit? A pit is a trap. A pit is sometimes of our own doing. A pit is something you get into, you fall into, but you can't get out. And it happens very much for those of us who are in corporate or in various things. You know, just like uh, in, in earlier days, you know, hunters used to lay traps for animals. They still do. All kinds of booby traps, all kinds of traps that are ingenious because the animal does not have the intelligence to get out of those traps. So also in our uh, working life, in our corporate life, in our professional life, there are people who lay traps for us. I have fallen into some of those traps. I did not have the political smartness or the savvy to anticipate those traps and to escape from those traps. So I have fallen into pits. You know, you don't have to be worried and depressed and dejected and defeated because he has promised that he will redeem your life from the pit. What a beautiful thing. And then number four is not only will he redeem your life from the pit, but he will crown you. Your crown will be with love and compassion. You know, it is a more beautiful crown than a crown of gold or a crown of glittering diamonds or a more popular crown now uh, with the Kohinoor in it, which is gaining a lot of uh, controversy. But you know, all those crowns cannot give you joy and peace in your life. But this crown is, he will enable you you know, he will crown you. The beauty, the glittering beauty of your life will be that on your head, on your face, there will be love and compassion. You know, you will have love and compassion for the people who were instrumental in you getting into the pit. You will not have bitterness and hate. You will not have revenge on your face, in your mind. You will have love and compassion. And that is a great blessing. I know people who have confessed when we coach them. So, no, they're not able to, you know, love people. They say, my default attitude is control, is hate, is to put them in their place. That is my default. It's my instinctive way of dealing with people. But God can even change that instinct to lash out at others 
and crown you with love and compassion. What a great blessing that is this morning. And then number five, he satisfies your desires with good things. Uh, I've had, unfortunately, some very rich friends. And I'm telling you, uh, it is impossible for riches to satisfy you. It is impossible for many of the other things that we run after in our life to satisfy you. I'm in that age, colleagues of my age group, I'm in nearing to mid-50s, 53 going on 54. And uh, colleagues of my age will tell you that, uh, you know, and now most of them, when I talk to them, they're reflecting back on their career. And sometimes I very subtly guide the discussion to to that and then they come to that conclusion that all those things that we chased after really don't satisfy. The rat race, the, the misery of the rat race is that you're always running. You've never reached a, a point of satisfaction and that you are a rat <laughs> because they're always something or the other, maybe a cat chasing you. But, uh, you know, the Lord says that he will satisfy your desire with good things. In my college days, one of the uh, f favorite songs was the Rolling Stones who said, I can get no satisfaction. Though I tried, though I tried, though I tried, though I tried, I can get no satisfaction. That is the curse of this age. There's plenty, we're exploding with plenty, but nothing can satisfy. But the Lord has promised that you will have satisfaction. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So he has said that uh, your, you will be satisfied, your desires will be satisfied with good things. You know, imagine all those terrible habits which we call addictions of people. You know, it, the addiction, the curse of an addiction is that you, you, the more you have it, the more you want, the more you want, and you get into some kind of a frenzy and you're never ever satisfied. You're spent. All your energy is extracted and your ingenuity is taken away and you are spent. But the Lord says, no, but that when you're with me, you're not a spent force. You're a satisfied person. You're a contented person. And you are satisfied with good things. Number six is something that I would just love and many of you also would love. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, people will notice and even young people would like to hang out with you. Because your, you, your youth is renewed like the eagles. I don't know if the psalmist knew. Maybe the shepherd boy David knew. Maybe he was observing these eagles. And the thing that comes to us as a management lesson now, that around its 40th year or so, the eagle retreats and sheds its feathers. It breaks its beak so that a new beak would grow. It actually scratches and then gets rid of its talons, uh, its claws, you know. And uh, all that, and then it goes into a time of retreat and new claws, new beak, new feathers, and uh, it kind of renews itself. And the psalmist gives that example of the eagle. I'm sure he never had those management lessons that we have nowadays, but he knew he had that wisdom given by God. And the Lord says 
that your youth will be renewed like the eagles. When you spend time with God, as we are doing this beautiful Monday morning, when you spend time with God, your youth will be renewed like the eagles. Doesn't matter your age. You'll have the energy of a young person. You'll have, you know, the hope that a young person have. You'll have a smile on your face and you'll be full of joy and humor and laughter and uh, people would love to be with you. Your family will enjoy your company. Your people, your colleagues will enjoy your company. They might say, what makes this? They might be wondering and saying, what makes this person smile with so much hope and anticipation on a Monday morning? Your youth will be renewed like the eagles. Lastly, you know, that verse 6 talks about the oppressed. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Number 7. I will, We will meditate on this and then I will quickly read those 6 verses again of the psalm. Number 7 says that when you are oppressed, and there is a lot of oppression here, you know, the Lord works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. You know, I don't know why God is taking me through these situations. But uh, I am involved in a few legal cases. Not for any benefit to me. More like a counseling to people who are involved in those legal cases. You know, and uh, in one case it is so blatantly clear. And by the way, all these cases are Christians versus Christians. But then the evil forces have really colluded in one particular case. It's absolutely clear who is the, you know, who is the person who is the person who is harming and who is the oppressed person. It's absolutely clear. And now God is giving him justice. Unfortunately, I wish it did not happen that way. But unfortunately, it had to come through the legal thing. I did not counsel them to go for legal restitution. No. But then it is happening that way and it is good. Uh, there are some wonderful people in the people with values in the legal system. And that person, he is getting uh, justice. The Lord works justice for the oppressed. But notice that word carefully. The Lord also works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. What happens, and I've noticed in this case, and I'm telling you very frankly, though I'm not sharing the details, what happens in this case is, because of all the victimization and because of all the wrong things done to him, yes, he's getting justice, but unfortunately, he's not getting righteousness in the sense he's so upset. And what the persons who have harmed him have managed to do is take away his faith in God to a large extent in the sense that when I say he still claims to be with God, but uh, he is not uh, in a turn the other cheek kind of a mood. In a way, his righteousness has been robbed from him because now he's thinking, how can he get back? Once he wins the case, how can I make sure I, I put him in such a place that, you know, he'll never do this to anyone again? Those are the words that he's saying. But then the psalm psalmist says also that not just justice, he works righteousness also. No one can take your righteousness away from you. You will get justice, you will also get righteousness. 
No one else can rob that peace and joy from you. No one else can dictate how you behave. You know, um, you will be tempted to do a tit for tat. But then the Lord's blessings is so strong. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So strong that, you know, nothing can break that, that shield of righteousness that the Lord puts around you. You will continue to be righteous. You will continue to be calm. You will continue to be trusting. You will continue to be faithful. I'll quickly read these uh, seven benefits again and uh, then we can close in a word of prayer. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Benefit number one, who forgives all your sins. Benefit number two, who heals all your diseases. Benefit number three, who redeems your life from the pit. Number four, crowns you with love and compassion. Number five, satisfies your desires with good things. Number six, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Number seven, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Let us pray. Loving God, I just commit my dear brothers and sisters all into your hands this morning. We thank you for Monday manner. So mysteriously it appears the spiritual food that will give us the strength and the energy and the wisdom and the skill to navigate these troubled times. I pray that you'd bless all my brothers here on this call. I pray that your blessings would be upon them. These seven benefits would be theirs today and the rest of this week and indeed forever. Even as they resolve that they will frequently turn to you. They will be acutely aware and conscious that your presence is with them through every conference call and through every tough situation. And they will frequently turn to you and say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless His holy name. To that end I commit them, and I ask all this in your most holy and most precious name, loving Lord Jesus. Amen.